We are back. Another episode of the Fancy Firebox. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Going into week 10, John's got some dilemmas. He'll, he'll probably talk about with you know, a trade deadline coming up. We got a little either or that we did last week. Uh, we're going to talk about a little to it. We're going to talk a little bit of Mark Andrews. You love him or hate him right now. Uh, Dalvin Cook. I, let's just start right there. Because, you know, me and you are on the same way like a lot talking about you know do you pay that kind of money when we talk about dfs for a pick but what dalvin cook is doing right now kind of just puts all those theories to rest and it it brings me back to memories of ladanian tomlinson of larry johnson of priest holmes of marshall folk that kind of fantasy running back John, are, are, can we – I mean, I don't see any reason to believe this won't continue. Will he go 200 yards every game? No, but just the amount of volume that he's getting. He is the sheer number one option on that team, without a doubt. And, you know, he is showing right now he's very capable of carrying a load. Do you see this changing at all going forward? No, it's going to be a lot of the same. Um, you know, they're going to feed him. He's going to miss another two games in the second half of the year. Hopefully it's not during your the you know the fantasy playoffs. I mean, just in general, yeah, he's a beast when he plays, no doubt, no question there. But his durability is is the factor, and and it's tough if you lose him. If you're banking on him playing the next eight or six games, I mean, I hope he gets through it. I mean, he's a great player. I mean, he's basically number one as far as I'm concerned with what happened. You know, Barkley gone, Zeke nothing. McCaffrey hurt. I mean, you have Kamara is the only one, but Dalvin Cook is more explosive when he plays. He there's a more consistency in the offense. I know Kamara he gets he gets a lot of the catches, but I mean I don't know. There's still something to be said for uh, you know just rush volume uh, per se, and he catches balls too. So it's not like um, you know he he he's not effective in the passing game. He's not like some of the other guys, but he makes up for it and what he does, you know, on the ground. Yeah, he does. He, I, I tell you what, and, you know, I have him on rostered on my traditional league, which he has just been storming away, and it's really hard to not justifiably add him DFS every single week right now. It, it, it's really hard to turn back and say, no, he's not worth it. I mean, even this week, right? Or he's on a bye this week, right? So you don't. But again, no, like they this got, week, they're, they're at Chicago. Oh, that's right. You know what? Because eight, they play, eight, they play the eight o'clock game, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, eight, and nine hundred. Eight. I was going to say not oh, close to nine thousand dollars, right? It's just, I, you know, it's kind of worth it. Say what you want. It's kind of worth it. Uh, Trevor checking in. What's up, Trev? Andre checking in as always. What's up, buddy? Uh, Trevor already says, so trade in my league that went down was Nelson Aguilar for Michael Thomas. What do you guys have to say? Like, are you kidding me? What kind of credibility do you show in a league that does a trade like that? And, and, and you know, that that's what kills me sometimes. And, and I get it. You know, people probably frustrated that Michael Thomas – isn't playing up to what they drafted him for, and you know he, you know his ability is there, but because he's been injured, but you just don't throw. Come on, for Nelson Aguilar, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And Trevor also adds in, what should I do with Austin Eckler? John, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get right to you about the Austin Eckler move because I, I was so frustrated 
I mentioned it last night. I mentioned it yesterday uh, when I went live on Fox Sports The Gambler. Remember, every Sunday right here, Sunday service, Fox Sports The Gambler. Check me out, 9.30 a.m. But at the same time, you know, Anthony Lynn has become the new Bill Belichick when it comes to fantasy running backs. Uh, right? You just never know who he's going to hand the ball off to. Right? Never know who he's going to hand the ball off to. And that was one of the biggest issues I have with that whole mess. So, John, Austin Eckler, what do you do if you're an Austin Eckler owner? There's nothing you can do. <laughs> I mean, there's absolutely nothing you can do. I mean, you cross, you, you haven't had them all year. I mean, bottom line. I mean, that that's what it equals. Um, you know, if you get him at week 11, you, he gets his legs under him for a week or two. Look, Justin Jackson has not been lighting the world on fire. Joshua Kelly, who looked really good and you know, early in the year, just watching him run, he looked like this could be a stud running back. Um, he fell out of favor and now they got Kalen Balage, the, yeah. the leading running back. So, I mean, that goes to show what they really think about, you know, all these guys. Troy Maine Pope the other week. <laughs> Like, uh, so what do I think about Eckler? I hope he, when he comes back, he, and you look, he's going to need a game, maybe two to get up to speed, but I hope he just takes over full duties of the workload. You would hope, and you just don't know what Anthony Lynn's going to do. If he's going to get too cute, if he's going to kind of hold him back, we're not sure. I mean, we're, we're, we're really not sure. Uh, Andre second and seven. Nelson is guaranteed to have a career year this year, but the trade seems suspect. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. You, you don't trade him for Michael Thomas. Uh, our buddy Rick said, and Rick, I feel the pain. Rick is writing exactly what I felt. On Sunday, had Cook for the 1 p.m. game. Looking forward to Connors and Edmonds in my flex at four. Lost by 3.3 points. Let me just tell you, Rick, what I did. And again, going by numbers, just we're talking DFS. I had Dalvin Cook in my DFS spot. And I thought about it, and I was like, do I really want to spend $8,200? You know what? I'm going to flip him. And I took him out, and no, I flipped him for James Connor and Chase Edmonds in order to give me a better receiver in Julio Jones, and it backfired. So I feel your pain. I could not James Conner, two points? Are you kidding me? John, what the hell was James Conner doing against Dallas? That was that was my big bust, that's for sure. Yeah. I and I was I was playing against him and I'm just like, "Oh no, this is this is going to be terrible." Okay, it was the game script plain and simple. I mean, they did a lot of times, I mean, Snell was getting work. I don't I don't have the box scores up in front of me, but Snell was getting work. Um, you know, Connor just wasn't in there a lot. McFarland was getting some work. Um, he didn't get yeah, the volume. Was it, right. And I just thought it was going to be a different game script. I think a lot of people did. So that's one of those that you get wrong. But like I said, he, yeah, I have him on in two leagues. Didn't uh, do me well, but at least the other league that I was playing against him, he didn't beast on me. Well, he was the one thing that completely, you know, separated me from the leader of the pack last week. Yeah, those two picks in Chase Edmonds and James Conner just killed me. Uh, I, you know, and and that's what that's the thing about fantasy. You just never know. You could go with every analysis that you could come up with. You can go with every pick, every stat. It doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, it you know, it, it's all about luck. It really is. I mean, it, it, a lot of it. 
obviously I get it. A lot of it is that, you know, you do, you know, you do get what you study for, so to speak, but a lot of it has to do with luck. It really does. Uh, Trevor says, John, what's wrong with the Steelers running backs? After Bell, sheesh. <laughs> it's like, and, and, you know, it, Samuels, I guess he's talking about Samuels playing. So, I mean, I it, it, it's just, it's crazy, man. I mean, and, and, and to, to get on that, what is going on, uh, you know, with Lev Bell? Like, it, like, uh, like, he doesn't even look good. Like, you know, I, and I know that, it, it, like, I, I know we thought, and I did too, I thought, number one, he was going to take that ball and roll with it. But, I mean, he just hasn't looked good right now. So, may, you know, is it a Pittsburgh system, John? Is it, is it, does Pittsburgh have a knack for building these running backs, but then when they go somewhere else, they can't play? Uh, some of it. I mean, the offensive line has been pretty good um, over the past few years. So, I mean, that's some of it. You put a regular running back. Look, Connor hasn't been able to stay healthy. Bell had, I mean, he had a tremendous workload for multiple years there, and he did have a couple injuries. I mean, the sprained MCL that kept him out for a while, the one year, I forget what else he had. But then he takes a year off. He's a year older. He goes to a terrible team, <laughs> and they couldn't even utilize him right. We, we talked about the black hole, which is uh, Adam Gase. Okay, so it's just not a good environment. I mean, they've gotten rid of every single piece, every player that like meant something. Bell's gone. I mean, the Steelers got what Avery Avery Williamson. You had Jamal Adams leave. Who else left? Um, They're they're just getting rid of people left and right. I mean, it's just a a nasty atmosphere there. Um, Look, Lev Bell is still serviceable. Does he still have the same? hop step that he used to. I don't know. He really hasn't had a chance to get into a groove with a good team. And he's also he's he's a volume guy too. He want he wants it. He gets he got to get in the flow of the game. You that know, when true. the Jets are having three and outs, I mean it, he can't really get anything going. That is true. That's 100% true. Uh, you know, especially you got to keep feeding this guy. You really do. And you know, that, that that's what happens. And speaking of feeding, you know, I I, I want to bring I want to you know trans you know transition over here to one of the guys who number one we kind of knew you know he was going to be easing the action and then week two he decided to really go off and show what he could do and that's my man Tua and I John I know you were very skeptical of Tua you know we talked about this but there's a lot of people that were skeptical of Tua and what he could do for the Miami Dolphins. But he was twenty of twenty-eight. That's the, listen. That's not you know. That's not like garbage numbers here. I mean, it's twenty of twenty-eight. I you know, and, and he showed. I mean, you know, he passed the ball. You know, with ease. I mean, listen, seventy-two percent completion percentage is no joke. Two forty-eight, two touchdowns, and he added in thirty-five yards rushing. He looked really good out there, man. Looked really, really good. Uh, so you know, again. This is my theory about the kind of hybrid quarterback play that they're always going to be good for a fantasy football team. Just my opinion, because they're always going to be able to produce things on their own. Or like they're kind of like a, you know, we've always talked about the Sixers never having a guy that could create their own shot. And then Jimmy Butler comes in and he can create his own shot. It's the same thing. These kind of hybrid quarterbacks, they can create their own space. So they're always going to be relevant to me. So to it, John. 
has he has he changed your mind a little bit with that game, or are you still skeptical going forward? No, it's a tale of two cities. I know that it was his first game, <laughs> but you look at you look at the high and the low, and that's what they were. All right, a high game and a low game. You can't get a read. Yes, he looked a lot better in his second game, no question. All right, um, I think the Rams have a better defense than Arizona, but I mean Obviously. the game the the game was on the road. And he looked better. He, he at least looked across both sides of the field, which was a plus. Um, he will get some rushing yards, but I don't put him in the caliber of a guy that's really going to get you points with it. All right. Like a Kyler Murray or a, a Josh Allen, who you can count on guaranteed 60 and a touch almost every week, or like a Lamar Jackson. That, that puts them in the upper echelon. That's why they're, you know, top five quarterbacks for the most part um but who knows i mean even with the game 20 of 28 is great he looked good but at the end of the day is 248 with two touchdowns really gonna light you on fire well it's not but when you take in perspective that you went first game, he passed for 95 yards. Second game, they let him loose a little bit. He passed for 248. He's showing you the ability to continue to get better and to adjust on the fly, which is what, you know, I watched some of his throws. And for the people who say he cannot throw a football, again, ridiculous. The, the kick and play. And, you know, Miami has something there. He's going to make mistakes. We know it. I mean, you can look at Kyler Murray's first year. Kyler Murray did the same thing. He looked really good at times, looked really bad at times, right? So don't don't think that this kid is going to make mistakes. I'm just saying that, you know, from a fantasy perspective, he has all those tools. And I think he's a really good pick going forward. I mean, am I going to start him every single week? I, I'll tell you what, my me personally, my team, I you know, I've only done one traditional fantasy league this year. All my rats are DFS, but my traditional league, I have Deshaun Watson as one quarterback and Tua as my second quarterback. Uh, I have not put Tua in the starting lineup in there yet. Uh, I still have Deshaun Watson, but, you know, if I had Drew Brees, maybe I would be starting Tua, right? So, you know, there, there, there's plenty of opportunity for Tua uh, to get on that other side. But speaking of young guys, Mark Andrews, uh, you know, we, we kind of alluded to I think it was last week we talked about Hollywood Brown. Uh, I know I talked about him on Sunday, again, on the Sunday service. A lot of people were talking about what do we do with Malcolm Brown or, or what do we do with Hollywood Brown? What do we do with Marquise Brown? Uh, now Des Bryant gets activated. He gets into play a little bit. Uh, you know, I just don't think Brown is consistent enough to be that guy. But Mark Andrews, what the hell happened? I mean, Mark Andrews was like the second coming of Jason Kelsey, man. I mean, Mark Andrews coming in this year was like, whoa, if you get Mark Andrews, man, you're set. And he has done squat, nothing. I mean, is it about time, John? Do do you, if you're a Mark Andrews owner, I would have to think that whether you're cutting bait or not, you're still going to be going week to week with this guy. And there's better options on a continual basis than Mark Andrews. I mean, we're getting, this is week 10. Most leagues have four week, three to four weeks left before playoffs start. So you you have to go with somebody who's going to produce. And if you don't think Mark Andrews is the guy, you have to look other ways, don't you? Yeah, I mean, he. You could bench him if you have a better option or if you're playing a matchup game. Um, I don't cut him. I mean, that's for sure. 
I thought he was a little overrated in drafts for where a lot of people were taking him. I mean, I had him as, you know, six, closer to six than closer to four, okay? And he's so touchdown dependent. The biggest difference in Mark Andrews is Lamar Jackson, okay? Look at how, what passing yards that Lamar Jackson had last year at this time, passing yards, passing touchdowns versus where he's at now. That's the biggest difference. All right. The offense is not clicking. Lamar is not a very good quarterback, period. I didn't ever think he was a good quarterback. He sparked my interest last year for what he did. It was an amazing season, but I was still a little bit lower on him, you know, than most because I knew those passing yards were going to come down. Question was how much? I don't I don't think it was going to be any a surprise to anyone that, you know, he wasn't going to repeat that season. But it really comes down to that. Mark Andrews is still his favorite target. If they have to start passing the ball, um, you know, you got to get back to the bread and butter, and and Mark Andrews would be the guy. So I'll bench him in a matchup, but I ain't cutting him. No, no, I, I don't. I don't think you get to the point where you cut them right now. I really don't. But I think you, you really have to be skeptical uh, uh, going forward. Uh, my man Jeff, what's up, Jeff? Checking in. Uh, I backed up Andrew with Ebron everywhere I can, which is a great move. Uh, you know, I started Ebron last week, uh, and, and again, he he did he did well. I mean, he did okay for a tight end. I'll tell you what. I he, he, here's a funny story. So. You know, just piggybacks what I was talking about earlier with Rick, where, you know, I took Dalvin Cook out and I turned that into Chase Edmonds and James Conner and Julio Jones. Well, that also gave me the bargain basement of tight ends. So I was between three guys. And of course, I picked the wrong guy, right? I, I The three guys were Irv Smith Jr., Tyler Croft, or Will Disley, the under 3,000 club, right? So I'm like, you know what? Seattle, I'm going to go with Disley. Don't you know Croft scores, Irv scores twice. So, of course, I picked the wrong guy. So, I was picking the wrong guy all week on Sunday, man. It's just crazy. Irv Smith has been my cheap tight end. I know. You've been talking about him for like three weeks. Irv Smith. Uh, I had him him this week. (laughs) I I had him in there. Um, All he does is catch touchdowns, man. I, I had I laid a good stinker this week in my lineup. It was between DJ Chark with the rookie quarterback, um, Corey Davis with or um, coming off his two one hundred yard t- and one touchdown games or yep. whatever, and uh, Jamison Crowder. But he was playing Monday night and questionable. So if I knew for sure he was playing, Crowder would have went in. I put in Corey Davis, who lays an egg. Chark goes off. Crowder gets a touchdown. It, I mean, and he had a hundred and what seventy six yards. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he went off, and I did the same thing, John. I did Luton. the same thing. You know, I was worried about the rookie quarterback. I, you know, it, it's hard. I mean, and that's again, who would have thought Jake Lutton? You really think Jake Lutton was going to go off for three hundred yards? I mean, it, it, it's just, it, it, it's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Well, and that's one of the examples. It's the right decision. I mean, I'll make that decision probably 80 out of 100 times. You make the right decision, it was the wrong result. I mean, it happens. Well, another right or wrong decision is going on in Buffalo right now. 
And I want to ask you, because I really feel like last week was a, a, a telling tale. It almost seems like, again, we watch these things play out where we have the one and two running backs, they split carries, and then all of a certain, at a certain point in the year, one starts to take off, you know, and, and take hold of the job. And it looks like at Buffalo, we're talking about that with Zach Moss. Uh, you know, last week, again, only two carries for Devin Singletary. Uh, not very good. Not understanding why. Uh, I like Zach Moss a lot. I, I, you know, I think he's the guy going forward. I think you watch him score du- double-digit touchdowns. You see that he's the younger guy, you know, only by a couple years. But Singletary's had his shot, I think. That's the thing. He's had his shot to be the guy. He's never really taken hold and exploded like they thought he would be able to do. I mean, he was stopped by Frank Gore last year, for Christ's sake. But uh, Zach Moss comes in with a great background. With a, you know, he, he he's he's a draft pick. He's a high draft pick. And Sean McDermott likes him. And again, these are the times we talked about, John, where we're midway through the season. You're able to see if that guy can pass protect, if he can hold on to the ball, if he can run the right routes, if he can pick up the blitz. There's a lot of things that have to go into this. And I think maybe, just maybe, this is the time that we can start saying Zach Moss is the number one in Buffalo. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's really going to be a timeshare. I don't see I don't see either one of them taking over fully. I mean, going into the season, I like Zach Moss as a timeshare running back that would hopefully get some of the goal line work. All right. So I didn't expect a thousand yard season, but a 700, 800 yard season with seven touchdowns is possible. Um, So, I mean, I liked him going into the year. I just, I don't see him taking over. you know, the backfield and more like getting 80% of the carries. Yeah, that that's that makes sense. I, I, but I mean, my point, though, the, the only thing we the only reason why I think a little differently is because they were going 14, 15, 15, 14 for the first few weeks. And it continued that way. And all of a sudden, Zach Moss two weeks ago has a nice game. And now last week he gets the lion's hair to carries. Um, so I, I don't know. I just think that you, you always see that point. I think this could be the point of the season, but either way, are one of them going to be your running back? Number one? No. Uh, so I, I think in that perspective, I think it really doesn't matter. Uh, cause either way, you're still going to have to flip flop those guys week in and week out in, in my opinion. Uh, but let's get to the DFS and we, we do this every week. And no sense in going back and looking at every single game. And I really, I, we, we have a really good flow on this show where we start to we, we talk about the valuable DFS picks, the locks that we, we that we think are. Uh, but before we get on that, let me ask you about one more guy uh, because I know. Listen, waivers this week. Uh, you know, as we get, we talked about it last week. As as you get closer to the playoffs, as you get close to the end of the year, waivers are really tough. It, it, you know, because the guys are either going to already be rostered, or the only reason why you're going to get a guy is all of a sudden that magic practice squad guy comes up that all of a sudden produces. There's a lot of COVID issues this year, so a lot of different guys on there here and there. But Jacoby Myers uh, in New England, I mean, he, he uh, listen. I mean, say say what you want, uh, but he's really started to take a stronghold on that job out there. 
Uh, last week, 14 targets. I said what you want. 12 catches, 169 yards. Uh, you know, week to week, he start. you know, it started week seven, six targets, week eight, 10 targets, week nine, 14 targets. Obviously, this all relies on Cam Newton and the offensive mindset of the New England Patriots. But for my money, those numbers are number one wide receiver numbers. Uh, you know, are you trusting him, John, going forward? Because we talk about Julian Edelman, not sure if he's going to come back. They say he's going to come back. But, I mean, if New England is, isn't is really in the race, maybe he just stays out. I mean, he's been beat up the last couple of years. He may just decide to rest. So let's base this on Julian Edelman not coming back. If Julian Edelman does not come back, Jacoby Myers, wide receiver one, is he? He's their number one, whether Edelman comes back or not. That's Cam's guy. I don't oh, care. I like Edel- Edelman what Edelman didn't do anything when he was playing. All right. Yeah, Edelman yeah. Edelman was getting close to be cuttable like Michael Gallup. All right. It was getting to be that bad. So Myers is definitely the number one on New England. And yes, I'm confident not this week against Baltimore. But then you got a game against Houston. You got a game against Arizona. Um, Jets are in week 17. But, um, you know, you got some matchups there. The Chargers aren't that intimidating. Um, so he can definitely put up some good games. Like you said, he's getting the volume. And that's what I look at more than anything. I want to see if I can see uh, an expected double digit targets every week or something close to it. I'm not, you know, look, Tyreek Hill is going to be, you know, a great fantasy receiver, but I still can't get over. And I don't know what his stats are. I don't have them up in front of me, but the receivers that get like six targets, seven targets and like, but at the end of the day, they'll get their yards and they'll get their touchdowns, but they'll just have some of them stinkers. Like I want that volume. Give me a, give me them catches. Give me them catches. The more catches, the more yards, the more touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, you, you look at Tyreek Hill, you mentioned him. I mean, it, it, you know, his his stat line for targets is 6, 11, 6, 6, 6, 3, 10, 6, 18. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that has separated Tyreek Hill this year is the touchdowns, right? I mean, that 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 is what separates him. He, he has nine touchdowns already this year, uh, you know, 10 if you include a rushing touchdown. So he's already doubled it as touchdowns. So if you, you know, you really have to break that down in perspective because let me tell you something. If he doesn't score a touchdown, those six target weeks, five for 46, four for 64, three for 78, that's not cutting it for a number one fantasy wide receiver. So we, we've talked about that. So you really have to look inside. And I think if he's not on Kansas City, he doesn't get those touchdowns and he's nothing more than one of those guys is between the wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 40 because he just doesn't get those scores. 100%. Yeah, it's 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 Mahomes. And I do trust Mahomes is going to throw for 40-plus touchdowns. You know what I mean? And right. in doing that, Tyreek Hill will, by nature, have at least double digits. And you know he's going to get to 1,200 yards. So if you got 1,200 yards and double-digit touchdowns, like kind of at minimum, dude, that's your, that's your wide receiver one there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I, that's what we talk about every week. So let, let's break right into the DraftKings stuff because, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do some DraftKings talk. We're going to we're going to set some lineups like we always do. 
talk about our locks, guys that you're willing to pay money for. And then we're going to talk about those lower value guys, those lower tier guys that you're going to need to fill in to your lineup after you take those two or three locks. And we're also going to get to our either or. Uh, we, we love it. The THR either or really, really came into play last week, the Fantasy Firebox. It was great. Uh, I have some numbers tallied for me, John, Rick, and Jenna. Uh, Jenna could be with us tonight, but, you know, she'll watch it on replay, so she'll see where she she panned out through our picks. I think they're very interesting, so we will go through those picks again. But, John, let's start right back at the quarterback position in DFS. And, you know, number one, We'll always talk about the number one guy because he's going to be a big money guy. It's Kyler Murray. I mean, you talk about fireworks that could go on this week. We have Kyler Murray against Josh Allen. Kyler Murray at 8,000, Josh Allen at 7,500. Honestly, right off the bat, are either of those guys a bad play even with that kind of money spending? No, no, they're not a bad play, but I don't think i mean and you could get value they could they could they could definitely get three times their value no no question there but i just feel like i would rather save a little bit of money and play a good quarterback in a great matchup but yeah well, you you right. could do it no you're right and, and and again when we look at those matchups I, i'll let you know in my opinion, I'm looking at a couple guys, right? And again, you look at some of these guys, you have to look at the money that, you know, that they're will that you're willing to spend, I should say. And you tinker with your lineup, right? You take you take them in, you take them out, the numbers float around. That's why I think it's so cool, man. I, I love it. But we talked about this guy earlier, and it's hard for me not to look at Tua at fifty six hundred dollars. Uh, you know, again, I understand going up against a good defense. I get it. Going up against a good defensive front. I understand that. But my point is he can do so much. And at any time, especially in DFS, it's about touchdowns. I don't care if you throw for 300 yards. If you don't get a touchdown, it's not going to matter. And he has the ability to score multiple touchdowns, whether it be through the air or with his legs. So that's one guy I'm looking at. And another guy I'm looking at is Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Listen, we all know the ego of Tom Brady. There's no way in hell Tom Brady is not coming out this week against the Carolina Panthers and just absolutely blowing a roof off and going crazy. This is going to be one of those 304 touchdown games, and he's only getting 6300 as about at $1,700 off of Kyler Murray's number. So for me, for my money, I think he's the best value on the board. John, what do you think? Um, it's, it's not a bad pick. Um, you know, I do think he's going to have a good game. I don't know. I've, he'll get his stats. I don't know that he'll completely beast. I just, I kind of feel like this is going to be a four net game for some reason. Really? I really do. And I, I, I see them running the ball. I mean, I, I think Brady will have a good game, but I see them running the ball. Um, definitely good value. Um, Truthfully, two of my guys, I, it might be a repeat from last week. Deshaun Watson at 6,900 um, at Cleveland, who doesn't have a, a, or they have a suspect pass defense. Um, it doesn't matter who they play. You know, Watson's putting up stats. So that, and Justin Herbert, 6,600 at Minnesota. Um, those are two of my mid-tier guys that I think they'll just, they're really going to pan out. If you want to get frisky, Foles at 5,600. Um, uh, uh, Playing Minnesota, 
Um, you know, that that's a possibility. Baker I can never I can never with Nick Foles, bro. Just can't do it. Baker <laughs> at uh six thousand isn't bad against Houston. That might be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I mean he comes off the COVID list. So I hope he's ready to go. Um but yeah, it could be a fun game to watch, especially looking at what happened last week. Right, especially looking at that, all those fire fireworks that happened last week. So uh, that definitely could be a good game to watch. Chubb's 100%. back. Chubb's back as well. Chubb's back as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of good quarterback matchups this week. It just depends on what you want to do. Do you want to spend that max money or not? Now, let's go right to the running back position. And we talked about, listen, you talked about Dalvin Cook, 8,900, right? Uh, Kamara's back, going to God San Francisco at 8,200. Uh, and then you get a drop off. Aaron Jones, seventy one hundred against Jacksonville, uh, which you know it's going to be interesting. See how much, how healthy he is, how much he's going to be used. Uh, very, very interesting breakdown. Look, you talked about Nick Chubb coming back. I mean, right off the bat, you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hump both a hundred dollars apart, sixty eight to sixty seven hundred. I mean, how do you pick between the two? For my money, one of the most unsung heroes of fantasy football. This year, James Robinson at $6,600 going up against the Green Bay Packers who just give up the second most fantasy points to a running back in all the NFL. Uh, for my money, I'm 100% locked in on James Robinson, and I'm going to go, listen, until Dalvin Cook shows me that he is not LaDainian Tomlinson or Larry Johnson or Priest Holmes, I am 100%. My lineup every single week starts and ends with Dalvin Cook. That's a that's a pretty penny. I, I Look, I can't fault you for it, but the man you said, Aaron Jones, at 7,100 against Jacksonville, I can't turn that down. I think, I think he could be the number one running back this week. He had 15 carries last week, five targets in a passing game. So that's already 20 looks. Last week was the first game he didn't score a touchdown. So I'm just saying you want to talk about consistency. Jacksonville's not a good team. They're going to want to run the ball. They already gave him 15 carries last week. He doesn't look any worse for the wear. Aaron Jones is my guy. And actually, I'm pairing him up with Dukey Johnson. Dukey Duke Johnson, Johnson at 5,000 is my is my cheap guy. Um, you know, Playing against Cleveland, David Johnson's still in the concussion protocol, and who knows if he's going to come out of it. But Duke Johnson's still involved in the uh, passing game. And, you know, he had double-digit carries last week. I'm not saying he did a lot with them, but at least he's getting the volume. And if that's going to be a high-scoring game, which, like, I think it's going to be that Houston-Browns um, game, uh, Duke Johnson, I like him. I, I like him a lot, and if you if you if you want to roll the dice, there's good value in the Denver running backs with uh, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. I mean, yes, Gordon's fit. What is it? No, Gordon's fifty two hundred. Lindsay's five thousand. So yeah, well, yeah, that 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 combo is intriguing, man. It really is, and I I like what they're doing out there in, in Denver. I do. I, I I'm going to give you one though. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you Wayne Gallman. At forty five hundred, going up against the Eagles, uh, you know Wayne Goldman. You know whether Devonta Freeman plays or not, I don't think it really matters. I really think they like Goldman and like what he can do. He has a really good high average, over four point yards per carry. He gets the targets and he scores. I mean, he the last three weeks he scored at least one time. Uh, you know he's averaging fifteen plus fantasy points per game. 
for a guy who's getting 70% of the work. So, uh, again, the, the Philadelphia Eagles have not shown the propensity to be a number one defense by any means. I think that game will be a lot closer than people think. I think there will be points scored in that game. I don't think this is going to be a low-scoring game, so I think Goldman finds the end zone again. And, it, again, if you're looking to build your lineup and you're looking for guys, I mean, here's a guy, in my opinion, $4,500. Uh, you know, he, he's very, very low. And, and he could definitely pay dividends, especially if you're looking to add that guy at the very end when it's a difference of do I take that number one receiver and, or, and, and get a guy like Goldman or do I kind of take the number two receiver and get the number two running back? So a lot of different options that you could have, but I really, really like Wayne Goldman this week. Well, I don't know. If Devontae Freeman plays, I don't like Gallman at all. I think if Freeman's back, I think he takes 80% of the workload. See, back. I don't think so. I don't, I, I, I don't think I, – I, I, you know, watching the way, even went before he went out, I felt like, you know, his, his, his floor was 12 to 14 touches, which, again – gives you kind of like we talked about the Singletary Moss factor. It gives you 14 or 15 touches, which would give Goldman like 13. And he's going to be the guy out in the receiving game. So I think that that kind of plays into it, especially a guy like Daniel Jones, who likes to check down a lot and uh, very often. So I don't know. I, I, I respect what you're saying, but I just think that Goldman has shown them uh, you know, just like a lot of teams have, you know, you have James Williams in, in Green Bay. He's shown them, a, you know, a different element that he can still produce, even with having a guy like Devonta Freeman there. So uh, I, I think I, I'm going to look at Goldman this week because I have a feeling that I'm going to be paying a lot of money for Dalvin Cook. So I may need a, I, I may need a guy under five grand to pull me all together here. Uh, so let's let's go right to the wide receivers. And and again, this is the this is the Dalvin Cook effect, right? Devonte Adams, nine thousand dollars. I mean, listen, you're essentially taking a receiver and making him your highest-paid player, just like you are with Dalvin Cook. Both of those guys are higher than the number one salaried quarterback in DFS. Are you willing, John, Devontae Adams? We talked about this a little bit before the show. I mean, this guy's averaging 30 points a week. 30 points a week. It's insane. I mean, are you nine? That's a lot of coin, man. $9,000 against Jacksonville. You said it before. They absolutely stink. Are you going? Would you go in on Devontae Adams at nine thousand? No, um, you know i I think he's gonna. I think he's the best receiver. I mean, I, I'll tell you that. We talked about targets. I mean, he's consistently. If he's in the game, he's getting double digits. Um, he's a touchdown machine. Rogers is having a good year. I mean, I really like Adams, but for nine thousand. My running back pick was Aaron Jones. They're playing against Jacksonville and uh, Lutton or Luton or whatever his name is. <laughs> so I don't think this game's going to be very close at Green Bay. Um, I think this is going to this. You know, Adams will get his, but not nine thousand dollars worth of his. Yeah, it's a it's a big number, man. It is. It's a big number. Uh, I'm not sure. I you know I have to pick. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to be going with either Dalvin Cook or Devontae Adams. One of those big ticket guys is going to be in my lineup. Just not sure who it's going to be. But one guy I'm looking at is Will Fuller. Uh, going against Cleveland. Uh, you know, here's a guy who scored at six straight 
games. Uh, he has the, you know, he's showing that he's staying healthy. And I, I talked about this last week. He is auditioning right now because he doesn't know if he's going to be paid by the Houston Texans or somebody else. This is a, this is the last year of his contract. So he's essentially a free agent. So it's interesting to see he's staying healthy. He looks good. And he has that rapport with Deshaun Watson. Will they allow Deshaun Watson to lose another receiver next year? Who knows? But for fantasy purposes, at 6,700, going up against a 27th-ranked pass defense, I'll, I'll be honest with you, John. I, I think there's no reason why he cannot be your number one receiver this week if you don't want to pay 9000 for Deon, for uh, De- Devontae Adams. He can be. Um, he, he's... He's not very consistent, and we we mentioned Tyreek Hill and and looking at the volume that he gets, and you know Will Fuller is another example of that. You know, five targets, seven, eight, eleven, six, five. That's targets, not catches. You know, so he does catch a touchdown every week. Are we going to bank on that? I mean, very similar um, to Sean Watson. He likes to throw the ball. He gets his touchdowns, um, but. For 6,700, I'm not banking it on it this week. I mean, week seven, without that touchdown, he has three catches for 35 yards. Without the touchdown in week five, he has four catches for 58 yards. It's uh, I'm not willing to do it. He, he will put up monster games. He will put up good games, but he will put up some stinkers. He I like punch. Cooks better, personally. You like Cooks pro- better? For fifty six hundred, yes, I like him. I saved twelve thousand dollars, and yes, I like Cooks better for the you, value for the money. Are, are are you banking on DJ Chark to repeat performance? Obviously, not one hundred seventy six yards, but uh, you know, have you seen enough to be willing to go sixty two hundred for DJ Chark this week? Uh, it's a tough one, right? Uh, That's a tough one. He's he's not on my list. He's not on my list. I, I own him in like multiple leagues and he's like a conundrum like every week like I don't know what to do with this dude he has all the talent in the world like he was dealing with a little bit of injuries deal now dealing with the he was dealing with an inept quarterback I mean what's this offense really gonna look like I, that's the biggest question um you know if they if they got a quarterback that could get them the ball and utilize them then he's gonna be a heck of a player. Uh, he is, man. He is. I, I mean, he 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 definitely is. He looks really good. Uh, he looks smooth. He's had a lot of injury history, uh, a lot of injury issues this year. Uh, you know, like you said, you're going through you know the, the different quarterbacks, and you know he's been essentially through almost four quarterbacks in his very young career. Uh, so it's tough. It is, and and I think that showing the ability to be able to work through that and still be productive, it just shows you what kind of talent he really is. Uh, right under him, though, Robbie Anderson, another guy who, who, who's had a tremendous bounce back year. Uh, he does $6,100 going up against Tampa Bay. Uh, the, the the guy was very consistent. He seems to drop off a little bit, John. Uh, you know, we're talking 11, 13, 9, uh, not, not dramatic numbers here. He's still getting the targets, but I think the difference is, uh, you know, we talked about it. He's, he's really, he's not scoring. Uh, but he's not getting those huge 100-yard games like we've been accustomed to. But still, you know, again, we're talking about DFS. It doesn't mean he's not a wide receiver one on your fantasy team, but are you willing to pay 
over $6,000 for a guy like Robbie Anderson who has been inconsistent the last three weeks? Or do you take a shot, I'll ask you this, on a guy like Antonio Brown at $5,800 going up against Carolina? What do you think? I would go Robbie Anderson, but I'm not really crazy about that price tag either. I mean, truthfully, I would I almost go like the, st- the studs and duds for like at my receivers a lot of times. Um, you know, there's going to be guys in the middle tier that are going to pan out. You just don't really know. I mean, Robbie Anderson, I think he's okay priced at you know at the sixty one hundred, but I would rather I would rather pay up and get Keenan Allen for seventy one hundred. Like hands down, no question. I will spend the extra thousand to upgrade to Keenan Allen, who just beasts every week. He has he has another good matchup. It, once I you know I mentioned uh, Justin Herbert as my quarterback, um, but yeah, he has he has another good matchup uh, or a decent matchup. I mean, we don't really know what Miami's defense is. They seem a lot better than they used to be, but. <clears throat> Herbert's playing out of his mind. And I mean, he he's relying on Keenan Allen. I mean, that's just Allen's had two hundred yard games in the out of the past three. He's averaging uh, you know, over nine nine catches a game. So you're like guaranteed nine catches and you know, close to a hundred yards and throw in the touchdown. I mean, I just think it's automatic. So I'd pay up for that seventy one hundred there. Well, there's there's and there's spots to save money. I mean, even no, digs at even digs at seven thousand. Right. I'd like you. You talked about Josh Allen. I like Stefan Diggs at seven thousand. Yeah, well, Stefan, I have Stefan Diggs seventy five hundred on on, on DraftKings. Oh, and that, oh that, yeah, I can't read my own writing. That's okay. I still, I mean, still, it's a lot of money. But but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I think there's a lot of good values this week. Uh, a lot of good values. I think if you really look at, like through the board, I think you find some really, really good value picks. Uh, you know, honestly, I mean, just for instance, I mean, you take a guy who's been, you know, who's been very good recently, uh, double digit guy. I, I know Michael Thomas is back, but look at a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. It's at forty eight hundred going going against San Francisco. I'll give you another one. How about Randall Cobb? Randall Cobb for 4,000 against Cleveland. Randall Cobb just seems to be able to be find the ball wherever he's at. He's really turned into a really good slot receiver for Houston. I mean, last week he only had five points, but before that, double-digit points every single week uh, except for week one. So, uh, you know, a low-value guy. And, and one last guy I want to mention, the guy we talked we talked about Buffalo a lot, Josh Allen. We talked about Stephon Diggs. We talked about Zach Moss. But let's not forget about that Gabrielle Davis. Uh, okay, we talk about boomer bust guys in DFS, guys that you just throw in there and hope that they score, right? Guys, yeah, listen, I got to fill a roster spot. I have three or four thousand dollars. You know, is it going to be Jalen Guyton? Is it going to be Gabrielle Davis? It, you know, he, he finds the end zone last week. Okay, it's the second time this year, but he has that knack in certain games that just be open. He's very fast. He's tall. He's a nice target for Josh Allen. And what's going to happen is, you know, John Brown is finally back. But with John Brown and Stephon Diggs commanding the, you know, the eyes of the top two corners, you're going to have Gabrielle Davis out there up on a safety. And not many safeties are going to be able to cover him. And if Josh Allen, like you said, still inaccurate at times, if Josh Allen 
can get his accuracy down because he actually missed Gabrielle Davis wide open in the end zone. Again, he overthrew him. So he will be able to bank on that $3,400 number. So, John, number, values. You see any values in the wide receiver position? Yeah, well, Deontay Johnson is the cheapest of the Steelers this week. Um, Ben's on the COVID list due to con- high risk. So high he's risk, still yeah. Saturday. If all negatives, he comes back. So this is all dependent on him. But Deontay Johnson at 5,200, I think, is a really good value. Ben likes him. Um, that's, you know, not not super cheap. But um, Richard Higgins for the Browns, I think Baker, I talked about the high-scoring game. Um, o- OBJ's out. Landry's more of a possession guy. I see them taking some shots with uh, Higgins. So at uh, 4,600, I think he's good value. And then you want to get a little cheaper. You could even go with one of the uh, the second and third receiver for the Bears who have the matchup against uh, Minnesota. Yep. You got um, Mooney at 4,100. And Anthony Miller, who I might like better than Mooney, at 3,700. So and I like that. Amendola, I'll ride him again. I rode him last week, thirty nine hundred. I think that's a no brainer. Yeah, Amendola is a he's been a PPR beast the last few weeks. He really Galladay's, has he's a beast. When Galladay's out, Amendola steps up. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I'll give you one more before we get out of here uh, and go to the tight ends. Uh, I, I you know as much as I've dulled this guy. I think Jalen Rager goes off this week for the Eagles. I do. I, I don't. I you know Alshon Jeffrey coming back, commanding a little a little coverage outside. Not sure how much he'll play. I I think this is you know we've been off the bye. I think Rager comes in and I you know I think he's very focused on trying to prove people wrong. I still don't. I still think he was the wrong pick. I'll continue to think he was the wrong pick at that spot. But I think this week for DFS at 4,200 against the Giants. Uh, listen, the Giants have two guys. We talked about it last night. Uh, Jabril Peppers and Blake Martinez. Neither of those guys pose a problem for Jalen Rager, in my opinion. So I think Rager, if if Wentz can get back on track, I could see. I could definitely see one. Of, listen. I don't know what play it was because I, I don't design play calls, but the play that where DK Metcalf scored or like a 70-yard touchdown where it was a crossing route, he completely went to the other side of the field and, and went straight up the sideline and scored. That's the kind of play that Jalen Reger is going to make. I, I can see that this week in the, in the Giants game. So for me, for my money, that's my low-budget pick. Jalen Reger, 4,200. I think he can really, really make somebody some good money right there. Uh, Andre says... <laughs> you both are making a lot of people a lot of money with these lineup picks. Let me know if you need my cash app and routing number to my checking account. Um, my man Andre, always always checking in, man. I love it. Uh, Cobb has hands. He wants he wants a bad to be the go to target. I agree. Anthony Miller is nice, quiet pickup. He agrees with you, John. Uh, great call on Reger. He says defense will have to account for the big guy Alshon and Reger may be open downfield. One hundred percent. That's my point. I, I think Alshon changes everything, not because he's going to catch the ball, because he commands eyes. He commands attention. Uh, and that's one of the biggest things we have to look at. Now we go to John's favorite position, because I always forget about the tight end position. And John <laughs> always yells at me. Like, yo, what's up with the tight end, man? We, we forget about the tight end, right? Uh, one guy I want to talk about. Now, number one, the number one tight end, like we do with every, 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 um, Every category we talk about the top guy is Darren Waller. 
Uh, $5,900 against Denver. I, you know, I, I don't know if I'd go in that pick. I think I'd rather go TJ Hawkinson. That's $800 less as my lock going up against the 31st ranked at tight end defense against a tight end. When we talk about, uh, the, uh, Washington Redskins, uh, or even Noah font at 4,900. So I don't know if I'd pay that big money for Waller, but one guy I want to talk about before I get to your pick, John is Evan Ingram is showing that he's finally healthy. And, you know, if he can, if he can stay healthy, he is a solid weapon. And you have seen what Jason Garrett has wanted to do. He is, you know, this guy's doing everything. He's running the ball out of the backfield. He's doing reverses. He's throwing the ball. He's, he's in every X, Y, Z, every go route, every seam route, every slant. He's all over. He knows that's his number one weapon and the last few weeks he's starting to step up uh you know last week he had 16 points the week before he has 12 10 you can see him slowly creeping up okay but the last two weeks he had 20 targets and that's what we look for you talk about it john all the time if you add in week seven 29 targets it's volume he's getting those looks evan ingram are you sold evan ingram could he be your number one tight end in season long um (laughs) I wouldn't be happy with it. I, I like sliding them in and out. Um, look, he—it's not. Uh, it's only been a year or whatever when you know he was—he was one of, in the group of the top tight ends yes, or a year was. or two ago. I mean, he was—they were talking about he was joining the upper echelon, and you know he just really that offense has not been been good since Eli left. In reality, I'm not saying it was great with Eli, but. Um, you know, I I think he has potential. I don't feel comfortable with him as my starting tight end, but I use him as a streamer. Look, if he keeps putting these uh, these types of games together, then you know he definitely moves up. We've he has the potential. So, yeah, I I just think that with that team, uh, him being that number one option. Uh, him being healthy, I, I really think that he will excel. And I, I just think for that price, I think he's really good. Now, when, when we talk about guys, you, you go down a list. And, 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 and listen, tight ends already aren't going to be the highest price item. Uh, I, I talked about last week, you know, John was big on Irv Smith. Uh, he has continued to be a really good option, a low-budget option. I'm still waiting for guys like Logan Thomas to, to really break out because I think he's very special. But for some reason, Teddy Bridgewater just doesn't look to him. I don't understand. Uh, but going going down the list, you know, there, there's so many different guys. Uh, you know, one of the guys I want to talk to you about, John, and, and again, this is a very, very low-budget guy, is Jordan Atkins. Uh, he plays for the Houston Texans. And the reason why I'm talking about Atkins is last week he finally came back. You know, he was doing pretty well. Week two, he, you know, he, he he's he's double digit points the first two weeks of the year, 12 and 12 respectively. He's getting the targets. Then then he drops all a little bit, then he gets a concussion. Uh, then he goes out for a while. Then he finally comes back last week. He only scores four points, only gets four targets. But again, starting to get in that mix. But again, we're talking about 2,900 so if you're going to go big money, if you're going to go quarterback, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, big money guys, your tight end and your flex are going to take a major hit along with your defense. So again, a guy like Jordan Atkins or even Tyler Eifert for me at 2700, uh, I really think those are two very, very good value guys. But listen, 
let's be honest. If you're going low budget, it's boom or bust at that point. You're really, it's really not going to kill you because if your guys up top produce, you're not worried about the, the number that you get, but you are in a sense that it will win you a week if you can bank on one of these guys. So who you have tight end, John? Yeah, I don't like going that cheap at tight end. Um, you know, See, you, I could, always do. you could hit the lottery ticket, but I, I like going more in that like $3,000 range is, is where I target finding a guy with a good matchup. Um, you know, the highest I would pay is probably I like Gronk at 4700 um, but probably wouldn't go his way. But out of all the top guys, Gronk would probably be the one I would take. Um, after that, Jimmy Graham has a nice matchup at 4100 I still don't know if I want to necessarily go that direction. Um, the one that I love, to me, is a lock is Austin Hooper. Um, yeah. Sorry to go back to the Cleveland passing game, but You're right. Austin Austin Hooper, um, what's, what's he? Oh, I have him in my lineup. That's why I couldn't find 3, him. 3,900. Right. Austin Hooper at 3,900, I think, is a lock. Um, and the lowest I would go would be uh, Robert Tanyan at 36, and I don't even really like that. That's hit or miss week to week. Yeah, yeah, it is. He he's definitely hit or miss. I really liked. I I forgot all about Austin Hooper. I, I liked the Hooper pick. Uh, you know, listen, I I was killing him about being, you know, one of the top paid tight tight ends in the league. Hey, listen, he got his money. That was the market. But you're right. This week, uh, you know, with Cleveland coming back uh, against Houston, who seems to not be able to stop anybody on defense right now, that could be a really really good pick, especially especially at a low number under four thousand dollars. So I. I really, really like that pick. So, John, let, let, let's play our either-or game, and let's look back to last yes. week. Let's look back to last week. So, the, the, so to refresh everybody's memory, okay, I will give you what we went to, and, and we're going to get you. So I can tell you right now, okay, we're going to go through the line, and I'm going to tell you who actually scored points, okay? And, you, and um, listen, it is what it is. We'll see what happens this week. But we went – Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson. And again, this is just straight points. Who's going to have the better week? Okay. And John, Tony, and Jenna went with Kyler Murray. And Rick was alone on the island of Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray had the better week. Matt Ryan over Drew Brees. Matt Ryan had the better week. Okay. John and Jenna go Matt Ryan. Tony and Rick go Drew Brees. Derek Henry or James Conner. Derek Henry had the better week. John and Jenna. Derrick Henry, Tony and Rick took James Conner. And then the other running back, uh, David Johnson versus Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, who nobody picked, had the better week. When we go to receivers, DK Metcalf versus Deha. Tony had DK. Everybody else went Deha. DK had the better week. Brandon Cooks had the better week over Devontae Parker. John, Rick, and Jenna had Brandon Cooks, Tony, Devontae Parker. And then to finish it up, Jared Cook, who had the better week than Gronk. Everybody had Gronk, so everybody loses. And Eric Ebron, picked by Tony against Janu Smith by the other three, Jenna, John, and Rick, and Janu Smith has the better week. If we tally it all up, John and Jenna are tied in first place with five points, and Tony and Rick 
coming up the rear with two points apiece. So me and Rick are going to have to basically lay our claim to ourselves for this week and come back and really hit hit our stride. And Jenna and John are going to have to knock down a notch. That's all I got to say. All right. So let, let's start off the bat right now. And we're going to go again. I know we went him last week, but we're going to go him again. That's okay. We're going to go to the top two guys, John. We're going to go Kyler Murray or Josh Allen. Again, who has the better week? Who's going to be, who's going to give the most heat? Let's do it that way. Who's going to give the most heat week 10? Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. And I am going to take Josh Allen as well. I, I think Josh Allen, even though Kyler Murray is gold, he really is. I just, I, I like this matchup for Josh Allen. I really think this is Josh Allen's week again. Uh, Carson Wentz versus Joe Barrow. Uh, Andre says Murray. So we're going to put Andre in for Murray. Carson Wentz or Joe, it's a hard one. Carson Wentz or Joe Barrow. And we're talking for fantasy purposes. We're just talking. This is yeah. a fantasy show. Remember, yes, so, this, is, this is just total fantasy points. I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. And so am I, John. And so am I. And Andre says Carson as well. I, I honestly think this is going to be a Carson week. I well, do. I think this I, is going to be a I Carson th- week. I think it's more Pittsburgh's defense against Joe Burrow than it is a Carson week. I think Carson will... He, he's going to throw together somehow. He's going to throw together stats. Like it might be a rushing touchdown, maybe 30 yards on the ground. You know what I mean? It's kind of, you know, muddle his way to a decent showing where Burrow, I, I don't think he's going to have a great day. Yeah, I, I think Jenna checking in says, hi, guys, I barely have any service, but I watched the replay. Uh, also, Jenna, this is what you have to do, Jenna. You, when you watch the replay, make sure you DM me your choices here. So we, we're we going to keep these tallies. So we'll keep these tallies going. Uh, you and John were in the lead with five points, respectively. Uh, Andre, we're adding Andre into this as well. Uh, so we're going to go to running backs. Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, who has more heat in week 10. Aaron Jones. Uh, I knew I I knew you were going out. Yeah, this is this is the this is like a repeat of James Conner last week that did me squat. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going Alvin Kamara 100%. Uh I am going Alvin Kamara. Uh 100% I really really like Kamara. I think he's going to just show why he is I, listen, I hate to say the number two running back in fantasy because uh, to me it's it's Dalvin Cook right now. Uh, how about Zach Moss or DeAndre Swift? I like Swift this week. Yeah, I like I, Swift I, too. I, I do. I uh, I don't know. I just I, I think I I almost snuck him into my uh, into my daily lineup. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, man. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I like DeAndre Swift. Uh, we got, we got a question here. Phil Carpenter checking in says Jefferson a good play this week or Duke Johnson. I'm going Duke. I mean, that's all provided that if David Johnson doesn't play, I would go Duke. I think he'll get action in the passing game. He'll probably get a decent workload in the running game. Look, Jefferson could have a big week. He could, but I mean, I, I think there's better odds that Duke performs than, I mean, I I like consistency more than boom or bust. If you want boom or bust, Jefferson's your play, but I think Duke, 
uh, high floor, low ceiling, just get you some points. Yeah, I, I I like Duke Johnson as well. Jefferson's just been inconsistent, so I would I would definitely get, talk about uh, Duke Johnson one hundred percent. Andre says as well. He says he likes Jefferson this week. Uh, Andre saying K- Kamara two touchdowns and a crap load of yards out of the backfield for Alvin Kamara. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go DeAndre Swift against Zach Moss. I think he gives more heat as well. Um, so let's go with. The receivers, and we'll go with Stephon Diggs or Michael Thomas. Who gives you more heat in Week Ten? I want it to be Michael Thomas. I so do bad. too. I do too. I want it to be Michael Thomas so bad, but no, I'm. I I picked Josh Allen. I I got to stick with his running mate and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, you know, until Michael Thomas shows me, you know what? No, you know what? I'm going to go Michael Thomas. I, I, I'm going all in. I think I think this is going to be Michael Thomas. I'm back. I think that's what uh, Michael Thomas is going to tell. He's going to be flexing this week. He's coming back this week. I'm going all in. How about Christian Kirk versus T. Higgins? Ah, oh, yeah. See, it, it gets going, nice. I'm, Look at the matchups a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm going T. Higgins because, I mean, in all reality, it's not like uh, Pittsburgh's defense is about sacking the quarterback, coming up with cut, clutch plays. But I'll tell you what, they are very beatable in the secondary when you have uh, shifty receivers like Higgins. It's not like Burrow's not going to pass for anything. So, um, yeah, I like I like T. Higgins. Yeah, I, 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 you know what? I know Christian Kirk did well last week, uh, but I, I really, I, I, it's tough because you have you got to go by the quarterback here, and, and like you said, you're going by the defense. Listen, the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals are facing your boys, and you know from Pittsburgh. So you know what are they going to do with Joe Burrow? How are they going to defend that team? Uh, I think Kyler Murray, you know, has the the ability to have, play a better game, which obviously plays into Christian Kirk. So for me, I'm going to go Christian Kirk. I think Kirk will have a better week this week. I think T. Higgins will get some touches, but I think Christian works. Christian Kirk, excuse me, scores again. Now let's go to the tight ends. Right off the bat, the top two guys battling it out. Round one, Darren Waller, T.J. Hawkinson. Who has the better week? I almost want to go Gronk. Um, <laughs> um, no, I got to go Waller. Yeah, I got to go Waller. Um, I have him in a lot of leagues. I like him. He hasn't been doing uh, all that great. I mean, they have other weapons now, which is yes. different than in the past. You're so, right. you know, his, his numbers took a little bit of a hit, but I'm not really a uh, – never been a Hawkinson guy. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going with, uh, not Hawkinson. Um, I, my Amendola. mind started drifting to Amendola. But yeah. I was like, we already <laughs> talked about him. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to go Hawkinson. I like what he's done the last few weeks and, you know, I think he's done very good. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to continue with him and, and we're going to end this up with, with a barn burner here. Is it going to be Mike Gusecki or Hunter Henry? With more heat in week 10. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Hunter Henry lets me down every week, so I'm going with Hunter Henry. Whoa, what the hey? What do you got to lose, right? You go. I'm going to go Gazeki because I think I think two is going to find his man Mike this week again, 
and uh, they're going to hook up for at least one red zone score. So uh, I, I really like that as well. Uh, Rick Rick checking in one more time says uh, Masters. If there's any interest in the Masters, we could you could build your team around Corey Connors or Siwoo Kim. Interesting. I, I'll tell you what. I no. am. Are you a Masters guy, John? Uh, no, from t- I did throw in a Masters lineup. Um, okay. I I do more in the summertime, like when it's actual golf weather and it's nice right. out. Like yes, like I will I will do it more. Now it's kind of weird. Um, I will say this: Rick knows his fantasy golf. I kid you not. He he's in. I, I don't even know what kind of league he's in, but he get he gives me picks every week. And I use them, and I swear he's always right. He's always right. Well, we're gonna so, have we'll, so we'll, so. Wait, wait I, let me let so me make sure have, I get this. Corey Connors and Siwoo Kim. So so wait. So we have a resident fantasy golf expert right in our backyard. And he, and, and, what's going on? When are we going to get these picks from Rick? Uh, hey, Rick. Well, you got to join the heat ratio family here, bro. We're 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 gonna have to get you a, a graphic. You give me your picks every week, man. We'll throw them out there. Uh, we'll get. Uh, we, 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 listen, that's one thing. I don't talk golf, right? And, and again, I, I always parlay. You know everything into the people who know what they're talking about. So you know, Trevor is my hockey guy. Andre and Al are my basketball guys, right? Me and John are obviously the football guys, but you know, I, I don't I don't have a golf guy. So, you know, we need a golf guy at the heat ratio, Rick. So, uh, you know, we're going to, John, you're going to have to work on my man. Tell him, no, let's go. Let's up this game, man. Uh, oh, he, we're gonna, he'll be in. Yeah, we're going to have to put uh, uh, Lorenzon's picks every week for the uh, for the golf tournament. Because, I listen, I'm going to be honest with you. There's there a lot of sites doing some really good things with golf, and, and we're one of the only ones that don't have a golf, any kind of format. So I would love to get golf involved a little bit. Uh, I just don't know enough about the fantasy angle. So we're gonna have to work on Rick to get him involved in that. I think that'll be uh that'll be a nice little uh nice little add to the show. Uh for for real. Absolutely. I, I, I just I just switched my uh masters lineup. Oh, look to, at that. To, Rick to, Con- yeah. to get him in. Well That's those great. those are the cheap sleepers. Connors is uh sixty six hundred and Siwoo Kim is sixty eight hundred. So I took God uh, I Woo Kim. See Woo Kim. So I Love took those that. guys out. Your top guys are, you know, Bryson DeChambeau at 11,000, oh, Justin Thomas at 10,7. DeChambeau, they're talking about he's just going to be like driving the ball out of the Masters. So we'll, 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 we'll see. I, listen, I, call me, and I know he probably he's not going to win. I don't care, though. I just want to see Tiger. I, like, dude, that's, that's, my, that's my thing, man. Like, I want to see Tiger. I want to see him walking. I want walking at 18. Hopefully, it, you know, not in the lead, but in the running at least. I'd love to say. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, you know, I'd love to see. I mean, that that that's that's a uh, uh, Rick says lots of pressure. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Rick, you threw you out there, buddy. You're in, you're already in. You just don't know. Rick is in. He just doesn't know it. I, I I'm literally gonna I'm gonna mark I, up a graphic this week. I want to know Rick's top overall golf pick. Like, if you're spending up, who you spending for? That's what I want to hear. I'll catch that offline if. Uh, well, oh, oh, so see, I don't even, I don't even play. So you can actually, there's like a DFS golf masters list. Is that what you're yeah. doing? Yeah, it's I'm on DraftKings. Yeah, pick six guys. You got to stay under the cap. Nice. The guys go top guys. Like I said, eleven thousand two hundred. 
and it goes down to six thousand. Like that's the the range. Andre says Top Golf Coker in the building. John looks like he's got a little game. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of game hitting my slice to the other hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you, man, I can't wait to get back out on a course. It'll be nice, but uh, but anyway, listen, we're gonna wrap this up. Fantasy Firebox episode sixteen, great episode, great format, great talking. Love it. A lot of good points. I hope we got, listen, we, 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 you know, we got you in on your picks again. You know, we, we talk about this every single week. Uh, we're not perfect. We're not a hundred percent, but we damn near have a lot of good insight for a lot of people. So if you're willing to listen, give us an hour every week. It's all we ask. Give us an hour, listen to what you want, take some players out and hit us up. Let us know how you feel. Again, heat ratio sports. Give us a follow on Twitter, fantasy firebox every single week. Catch us. It's on Fox Sports, The Gambler. It's on PhillyInfluence.com. It's on iHeartRadio. We are everywhere with this show. People just don't realize how many different networks we are on. Uh, we appreciate everybody checking in. Jenna on low low signal. Rick, as always, we're going to get you in on this. Rick, 100%. Andre, as well. Everybody who always checks in, we appreciate the family. And again, don't forget Sunday. I will be live at 9.30 a.m. Uh, for the Sunday service right here, Fox Sports the Gambler. All right, it's our Sunday service format. We'll be talking fantasy football from 9.30 up to about 10.30. Uh, but again, everybody, like we always say, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week.